This episode may contain adult themes and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Sorry. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Film Critic and the Common Man podcast. While other film podcasts might be just content with FOP, we're Dapper Dan men. Every episode, we discuss a film from the perspective of a film critic and from the perspective of a common man. We may not agree, but it certainly won't be boring. I am your co-host, Ben Miller. I write about films from my own site, Ice Cream for Freaks, and I'm a member of the North Texas Film Critics Association, as well as the International Film Society Critics. You can hear me guest on other pods as the David Thewlis of podcasting. I'm joined by my brother, and the only man I would ever want to be on a chain gang with, Jake Miller. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Good, good, good. You are, uh, every time we watch one of these movies with relative desolation, you're always in a place in, you were just coming from a place with the exact same Seems setting. Like <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, the Great Depression era uh, comedy take on Homer's Odyssey this week. Uh, the Coen Brothers, uh, second Coen Brothers movie, our first uh, repeat directors. We are talking about the uh, 2000 film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Directed by Joel Coen, written by Joel and Ethan Coen. As we said, based on uh, the Odyssey by Homer, starring George Clooney, John Turturro, Tim Blake Nelson, John Goodman, and Holly Hunter. Co-starring a ton of people, a lot of interesting faces, Chris Thomas King, Charles Durning, Daniel Von Bargen, Ray McKinnon, Michael Badalucco, and Stephen Root. It opened wide, or excuse me, it opened on uh, May 13, 2000 at the Cannes International Film Festival, went wide on December 22, 2000. Uh, didn't actually break the bank box office wise. Uh, yeah. Only made only made 45.5 million domestic, uh, 26.3 international, 71.8 million on a $26 million budget, but the soundtrack uh, Mm -hmm. was number one on the Billboard 200, sold 8.175 million copies, Mm -hmm. the 10th most successful American film soundtrack in the history of film, Uh, won the Grammy for for good reason, for good reason, and we will get into it, Um, won the Grammy for album of the year, Um, but the film itself nominated for two Oscars, best adapted screenplay, uh, the Coen Brothers, uh, the loss to the film Traffic, uh, and Best Cinematography, which I'm going to get into big. I'm really going to film nerd out in this one, by the way, about the cinematography. Lost to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but uh, Ro- uh, Roger Deakins. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> you don't like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, so. <laughs> <laughs> cinematography on it is is gorgeous. That's the, that's, I mean, even if, I know even detractors of that movie who aren't the biggest fan, I think still think it's pretty good to look at. Regardless, we will get into it. Crouching outside and taking a (laughs) shit. That's what I call it. Rotten Tomatoes, there's a little bit of a separation. 79% from critics. A lot of critics found it uh, reductive of what the Coens are used to. They had the kind of a certain standard that people were wanting to have. And they're like, ah, it's lighter fare. And I'm like, well, it doesn't mean it's not awesome. Um, So it's, you know, I I don't really like... I'm never a big fan of the kind of criticism where they're like, oh, it's not as serious as it usually is. Whatever. 79% for critics, yeah. 89% audience. Uh, so uh, very yeah. high on the audience. Unsurprising. Um, a yeah. lot of, uh, as, you know, living in the South, uh, I'm very few mm-hmm. people don't love it. 
that I know around, at least around here, it's very indicative of kind of the South and the Great Depression. The idea of just having the Odyssey set during the Great Depression is a pretty cool thing in general. Um, mm -hmm. So this is a, this was a request from our mom to include a musical. So uh, you're welcome. So this right. is this is as close as you're going to get for the time being. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, which we'll get into a little bit of the music stuff, a lot of the music stuff about it later. Uh, yeah. Jake, will you give us a plot summary of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, so like you explained, um, this is basically a redo of Homer's um, Odyssey. Um, it is set in the Great Depression in the Deep South. Um, and... George Clooney plays the main character, uh, Ulysses Everett McGill, mm -hmm. and uh, actually um, Odysseus is the Greek name for Ulysses. Makes sense, yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's where that comes from. And there's a lot Anyways. of that in this movie. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, and so basically, uh, George Clooney plays a guy that he, he's kind of just a perpetual con man, really. Um, but very charming, very well-spoken, a leader. Uh, and he has, uh, he's on a chain gang with two other guys, one being, uh, Delmar O'Donnell played by Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake yes. Nelson. And um and then Pete played by John Turturro. Yes. And all I've got is Pete. Yes. Uh I don't I don't have but, a uh, uh maybe maybe Hog Wallop, because that's his cousin. But it's actually never true. said it yep. might it might not actually ever be. I don't think it ever said what Pete's last name is, but Pete's Pete Hog Wallop sounds right. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so George Clooney and Delmar, or I should say Everett, Delmar, and Pete yes. are, uh, they're all convicts. Mm -hmm. They're on a chain gang, um, in the deep South during the depression. Um, you know, basically busting rocks on the side of the road, uh, and Everett finds out that his wife has a new suitor, potentially. So he needs to get back home and fix it. Uh, he's not going to stand for that. Mm -hmm. So he dupes his uh, chain gang partners into thinking that there's some big treasure that he's got buried back home. And if they'll just escape with them, they can have their cut. Yeah. Um, when really his only motivation is to get back with his wife. Yeah. Um, well, there's, I mean, constant problems something in the, something along in the way. this yes. journey. You know, they do, they do escape. They bust their chains loose. Um, and then, uh, for instance, John Goodman, uh, who is the 
a fill-in for Cyclops. Very uh, Cyclops a, monster. Very fun way to do that. Yes. Yeah, he he is a one-eyed dude. He's wearing an eye patch. Um, big nasty man. So it was yeah a good fill-in for the Cyclops. Um, and they run into him. Uh. Good Lord, so much they're, happens. They're, cha they're chased after by this, uh, by a cop played by uh, uh, Daniel Von Bargen. Um, mm -hmm. The, uh, the, epi the, but the epitome, uh, I believe, Poseidon in, in, in the Odyssey or, uh, or Satan or uh, what, what's chase? What, what, who's the, who's uh, something along those lines. Um, it's, it's one of the gods yeah. trying to stop him. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. It, it, it's one of the evil gods uh, yeah. going after him. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he's trying to chase down these three escape convicts. So they're constantly on the run from that. It's um, a lot of fun. It's, you know. Very humorous. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of um, exposure to depression era southern culture i mm -hmm. think a lot of exposure specifically to uh african-american culture at the time mm -hmm. i think um yep. and kind of you know this uh you know obviously post-civil war but during segregation during uh the depression yeah uh but anyways, they um, they end up getting back to uh, Everett's wife. Yes. Uh, managed to beat the suitors through yep. uh, basically a, 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 a task feat of that only they can do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's just <laughs> Yeah. So I won't sing Man of Constant Sorrow. <laughs> I was gonna say you, I thought I fit the part. You I was gonna say the only problem is you can't pull on it and it goes anywhere. It's like right. <laughs> yours yeah. is actually still no, attached. that's attached. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> but uh yeah. Woos his wife back in. Um and then um and you really don't find out about Peter. No, not Delmar. Really. They're just kind of along for the ride. I mean, because the, the, I mean, well, yeah. And I mean, uh, Everett. I mean, it's it, it's very self-serving. Very. Uh, you know, his motivation. He's willing to sacrifice. He's two idiots. Mucks <laughs> yeah. To, yeah, and he's a thinking man. I mean. I mean, literally, he's intelligent, well-educated. I mean, I think he went to prison for uh, practicing law without, without a license. license. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the these first, other two gomers are his first line, not his first line, but one of his first lines in the movie is like John Turturro said, who made you leader this outfit? And he's like, well, I thought it'd be the one with the capacity for abstract thought. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I yeah. Mean, it kind of summarizes the entire way of how he thinks that he knows these two are idiots. And yeah. he's like, I'm fine with it, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So you know, we don't know where where those two yeah guys go, but uh, 
he ends up back with his wife and yeah. what yeah. they seven dollars daughters. daughters seven dollars yeah. <laughs> yeah uh the paterfamilias themselves there's a lot to paterfamilias there's a lot to get into with this um uh you know the funny thing i was reading about it and um whenever they were filmed that neither the coen brothers nor really anybody involved with this had read the odyssey before and they said mm-hmm. whenever they were uh whenever they were filming uh tim blake nelson was the only one of the entire cast who had read the odyssey because he had a degree in classics from brown university so it is and and it's even more poetic that the guy who plays the most simple-minded kind of like right back guy who doesn't have any his probably the only guy that actually probably the only guy who actually knows what he's doing um so there's a lot to get into with this movie so first i i want to start about uh i want to start about the Clooney in general like um Mm -hmm. whenever i was watching this you know there was a lot of stop starts with Clooney. Clooney in general as an actor is a really interesting story just because of how like he was the story of a poor actor he was mm-hmm. the story for 15 years there was always like mm-hmm. his if you look at his film uh, the movies he was in he was uh his first movie was a movie called grizzly Two: the revenge the return of the killer tomatoes in 1988 these are movies nobody has ever seen or ever return heard of. of the killer tomatoes return of the killer tomatoes not attack of the killer tomatoes return um he was in a ton of TV. He was in so much TV. He was in a show called ER that was not the ER that you know. It's oh, a, really? It was a different one from 1984 that it ran for a couple of, it ran for eight episodes. He was on a ton of stuff. He was on uh, the Facts of Life for 17 episodes, a bunch of little TV. He was getting nowhere. There's a couple Golden Girls episodes he was in. There was an episode <laughs> of Golden Girls. Like he, uh, Roseanne, just TV after TV, nothing worked mm-hmm. for the longest time. Just small, small, Just small part TV he, guy. Yeah. For 15 years, he went nowhere. ER hits and he's a megastar immediately. Mm-hmm. But the difference is he's a megastar when he's like 40. So mm-hmm. he's actually older. Um, and then whenever he becomes a megastar, at least celebrity, they're like, okay, let's put him in movies and do all this kind of stuff. And that doesn't really work for a while. Like Dust Till Dawn is the first movie he's ever done post being famous, which mm-hmm. which is a really bizarre movie if you ever see it. If you've seen Dust Till Dawn, um, it's really dark, and Quentin Tarantino was acting in it. Um, is a lot to it. Uh, romantic comedies, obviously Batman and Robin. You see the Peacemaker with him and Nicole Kidman. He's I want to say he's an Interpol agent trying to chase down nuclear warheads or something like that. Uh, it's okay. I don't think so. So he, he really is kind of flat. He flounders for a long time, but he's still got ER. He's still wildly successful. Then he makes out of sight in 1998. It's pro it's one of my favorite movies ever. It's probably top five. It's, it's the epitome of, okay, here's George Clooney. He's suave. He's handsome, but there's a little bit of an edge to him, but everybody's likes him across the board. Um, it's the first time it was ever a runaway success. And then he starts to actually start to do things like Three Kings and Perfect Storm, get a little bit of success. Yeah. Oh, Brother, oh, Brother, where art thou is the only time, it, the first time ever is like, okay, he's trying something where he's like, he's still handsome, but he's kind of a shit. Like, mm-hmm. he's, not, he's not really 
he's not uh, he's not just being handsome and suave and everybody loves him and everybody just kind of looks and it's like everybody kind of recognizes him at the as the twisty guy that he is right yeah yeah i mean he's he's definitely a shifty con man yeah in this uh but uh kind of a clark gable impression like that's what I was, when I was thinking that's the mustache, the mustache and the dark and the kind of the, this, the, the, the never ending stream of streams of dialogue. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. And just being able to, yeah. Out talk everyone and yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. They're, uh, they're, eloquent, articulate yeah. speech throughout and yeah, obviously the Southern charm. And- yeah. Yeah. And I, I think he's from California. <laughs> I could be I I could be wrong, but he does he 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 pulls off a southern accent pretty well. He seems like a southern guy who seemed like he should have been a lawyer at one point. And, um, so I mean, there's a there's a lot of Clooney that I liked about this movie. I think the star of this movie is Tim Blake Nelson. Any anything Delmar, my favorite character. Uh, anything Delmar says just makes Delmar's me the best. Delmar's the best. Tim the best so, one. So so much like. Uh, Kind of much like how um, George Clooney kind of floundered for a lot of his career. Tim Blake Nelson, especially he was kind of he's kind of an odd looking guy. He's not exactly you're not. I I thought he was a Baldwin brother. Really? That uh, you're not you know until you're, like yesterday. Whenever I look at it, like you're not wrong. You're you're. you're I like, I thought he was a lesser known Baldwin brother, <laughs> like a, a fourth or fifth Baldwin brother. No, I really he, did. He's. I'm a, not joking. Uh, he's. That's that's funny because like, he, he. This is the first movie anybody had ever seen him in. Like he was just he was uh kind of he was in a in a little bit of stuff, like, kind of like I said, like Clooney, a lot of TV, a lot of nothing, nothing of any sort of circumstance, and he's in this and he just blows it away. He's great. Oh, He's man. so good in this movie. Everything he says and the way he says it, uh, I'm not sure if you've ever seen him in a different movie, but that's his, it almost nope. is, a, it's almost abrasive hearing him talk with his normal voice because Southern fits him so well. Mm-hmm. Like it still kind of has a version of it, but my, my favorite line of his is like, them sirens loved him up and turned him into a horny toad. Like his, <laughs> how, how he, he's got, well, I I like whenever they're uh, they're with Babyface Nelson, yeah. George Nelson, mm. uh, infamous yeah. bank robber, <laughs> and they're with them just kind of as bystanders, yeah. like yeah. in in this bank robbery, and this guy's. I already know what you're gonna say. <laughs> he's cranking off. 45 rounds out of a Thompson submachine gun with a drum mag on it. And Delmar says, he's a live wire though, ain't he? <laughs> he's alive. And I mean, and, and two minutes before, it's like- <laughs> two minutes before he's in the back and he's like, uh, friends, some of your, from your folding money's come unstoled. Like yeah. every, everything he says is just gold. And yeah, at the same There's time, just a casual politeness oh. to it. And, 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 and even all that, like even, even whenever it's not just always like, I, I think of the scene wherever he talks about, they're sitting by the fire talking about what they were going to do with their money. And John Turturro talks about wanting, oh, to be, yes. wanting to be a concierge at a restaurant. And mm-hmm. he's sitting there just kind of quietly. It's like, I'm going to go to the guys at the savings and loan, slap that money and buy back the family farm. Just so, so wholesome. You're like, 
Oh, that's nice. Like, <laughs> it's just, you ain't, you ain't no kind of man if you ain't got land. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he's so, he's so as dumb as he is, as obviously really stupid as he is, it's so innocently sweet. Com- completely genuine. Though. Yes. Yes. 100%. It's yeah, like, uh, that's yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, the, the the preacher said, I, my sins are washed away, washed away with an R in it. Well, that's the best part. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I think I think something that's great about his character is I think he uh, just stands in such contrast to George Clooney's character. Yes, yes. Because um, George Clooney, uh, Everett, is so intelligent mm-hmm. and well-spoken but dishonest and yeah. conniving and backhanded. Yeah. This guy, what you see is what you get. And he's honest, good natured. And he calls <laughs> so, it like he sees it. Oh, one, one of my, well, fa- one I'm of my, with you. I'm with you. I'm with you fellas. <laughs> one of my favorite jokes in the movie is whenever, whenever Clooney and Tim Blake Nelson go eat with uh, John Goodman. And he said, mm-hmm. uh, and so they're done. He's like, well, no, what was I saying? And he's like, it's like making money in line for the Lord. And then John Goodman just goes like, you don't say much friend, but when you do, you say to the point, and I appreciate it. Like I salute you for it. Yeah. Like, it's like, hey, that's it. That, I, that's a good summary of that character. summary of what that character yeah. is. And I mean, you don't say much, but when you do, yeah. And, and even, even John Turturro talking about whenever they bust him out is like, I'm going to be 84 years old. He goes, I'm only be 82 with a huge smile yeah. on his face. Just, just happy like, as a clam. <laughs> just always you on gotta, board with it. You got to see things on the, on the upside when you uh, can, you know, so he's a the, half glass full kind of, absolutely kind of guy. And of the three main characters, he's the only Grammy winner of them because uh, the, since the soundtrack won the Grammy for best, uh, best album, any contributor to the soundtrack gets a Grammy. Oh, really? uh, Clooney famous. Uh, uh, my wife pointed out there's a Graham Norton video of him. Uh, he was actually going to sing man of competent sorrow. And he's like, well, how'd it sound? And, and everybody goes like, Oh, great. George, it was great. He's like, well, let me hear it. And he colors back and he goes, wow, that's terrible. <laughs> like, so, so they dubbed yeah. him and Josh should Tur- probably get a singer in here. Yeah, exactly. And they, and they dubbed John Turturro. But at the end, whenever he's singing in the jailhouse now, that is actually Tim Blake Nelson actually mm-hmm. singing in the jailhouse now. So he is a Grammy winner. Um, I agree. Runaway, nice. runaway success for uh, all the stuff he does. Um, the Cohen brothers, we went over, we over, went over them uh, whenever we went, uh, when we did our No Country for Old Men uh, podcast. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like I said, this is the critics kind of dismiss this for being a little reductive for based on what they do, but they do comedies quite quite a bit um mm. raising arizona obviously is a famous one uh i love i love it the hudsucker proxy i think i told you about that one that's about hula hoops and uh paul newman's in it it's 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 cute um this one uh intolerable cruelty there was another one with george clooney is probably as straightforward as a comedy they got and that didn't really work um burn after readings a lot of fun with uh big goofy uh brad pitt Hail Caesar about the movie industry. A lot of fun with that one too. And then your favorite, the lady killers. Um, I, I, you know, I know they tried comedy, but I don't know if any of it was funny. Um, so, I mean, they're really hit or miss when it comes to their comedies. I think this and raising Arizona are the two that are the closest to being like, this is this, like the entire time it was hilarious. Like, I can't, I don't know who anybody mm-hmm. watches this and doesn't like, man, that was enjoyable. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah. I think, I think the Coen brothers, I, my opinion of them, I'll give it to them. They go, they try. They sure try. I mean, they're willing to go out on a limb. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, they're willing I'll, to take the chance. I'll give them that. And, and sometimes that limb breaks off. Yeah. Sometimes there's the lady killers and, but, <laughs> and you land on your ass. And then sometimes, you get old brother where art though. Yeah, yeah. And then at the same time, but, even even the dramatics like and and even the movies they have that are pretty much severely dramatic. We talked about No Country. No Country has some hilarious parts. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. And definitely. Uh True Grit, another great example of stuff with a lot of yes. funny thing. Fargo, an exceptional example of almost more funny than dramatic. So I mean, right. it's always there. There's always something yeah. in it that's it's kind of hanging around there. Um, you can tell they're smart asses. Basically. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So I want to get into the music um, before we, before we yes. do that. I, I, so I'd kind of, whenever I think of musicals in general, movie musicals, I kind of put them into three different categories. Essentially there's the first kind, which is a straight musical. Uh, Les Miserables would be a great example where everything is spoken. There is music. There are specific songs, but even whenever they talk, there's music. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm never a huge fan of those. Like, I'm eh, not a musical like, dude. I'm not that. That's 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 a lot. That's a lot to take it personally. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can get through it. But now the second type, I'm much more receptive to, which is like a West Side Story, where they're talking, they're going to stuff, and then in the middle of a thing, they'll break out in a musical song, stop, and go back, and then talk. I'm, but see, it's even like the new Beauty and the Beast. Like yeah. Whenever yeah. she's all of a sudden like, yeah, uh, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. so that that's that's I I understand the receptiveness the 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 apprehension from that. Now my favorite version is this. Um, this cabaret is another good example where all the music happens organically, and all the like. If there's performances, mm-hmm. there's a performance because they're on stage. And if there is a song, it's because people are listening to a song and it's they're it, sitting around a campfire sitting around a and, campfire and a dude's picking a guitar. Yes. It all makes yeah. like, that's my favorite kind Organic, of organic. That's, that, that's my favorite kind of musical cabaret. That's why it works. And, yeah. and, you know, people kind of look at it. It doesn't, it's not just this, like I said, cabaret is a very like stagey, all that kind of stuff but it's in a nightclub and all the stagey stuff happens on a stage with people watching. Mm-hmm. So it makes mm-hmm. total sense. So I, th- it's, it's a really interesting way to approach it all. The more interesting thing is all the music they put into this. Um, whenever, yeah. so, so who do you closely associate with the type of music of this movie? Like the type of music it has, like, is there anybody in your life that immediately sprang to mind? Because, because uh, I'll fly away being the greatest example. Uh, I immediately thought of our grandmother. Because yeah, th- th- there's a lot of that old timey, just kind of like it's it's not necessarily about nostalgia, nostalgia, and it's funny because there's nobody really that doesn't sing in this movie. Like there's nobody who's accepted from it. Like everybody, but but it's not necessarily somebody you're like, man, they have an incredible voice. They're all just kind of mm. like, 
they're singing a cool song. Like it's a nice nifty tune. Yeah. No, I I mean I Yeah, I think um you know, us coming from the south and yeah. we were raised Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist, yep. Yeah. A lot and of hymns. Lot so of stuff those like hymns, that. yeah. That that old stuff, I mean, it it connects and uh you know, I'm not really religious anymore, but it's still it still, still connects with they me, got that nostalgia so to it and i mean i and, still enjoy it you and know those voices you hear like like whenever you're watching the the sirens great. the sirens it's, it might be my favorite it might be one of my favorite we'll get into that in a second but like the sirens are like that's emilu harris and that just the like the mm-hmm. type of the the allison krauses and those type of voices allison are like krauss yeah allison, yeah say, allison, yep. this is this this is the this really brought allison krauss allison krauss Allison Krauss and a uh a uh what do you call that instrument? Oh wait, oh man, um oh, it starts yes. with an M. Yes, uh it's it's Max. Yes. Yeah, Max I, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm disappointed that I don't know what I'm uh, we're gonna have to cut this and then edit it around it because we sound yeah, like such idiots. No kidding. <laughs> No, now, I know it, you put her and that instrument together. I mean, gold. It's great. I, it, it, yeah, I agree. It's just so mandolin. A mandolin. There you go. Yes. Uh, it's just Got so. It. It's so warm. It's so. It's so inviting and just relaxing. And it's it's such a contrast to the actual reality of what the depression is. And that's probably yeah. why it was such a success musical wise, like right. what, why it feels right. Because all the music's meant to be like, feel nice and feel relaxed. And in your life, you can't do any of that. Like there's, there's no comfort in life. So take comfort in this music and yeah. Yeah. I, um, no, that's a good point. Uh, because I was thinking earlier, um, I love, I love the setting of this movie very much. So, being in deep South Great Depression, mm-hmm. okay, you've automatically got conflict that every character has to deal with. Yep, you're you're automatically it's you're in a conflicted uh, setting, and um, you know some of the, I think it's a. Uh, humorous melancholy that's a great way to put it a humorous melancholy absolutely there's a sadness but at the same time people are it's in a good mood yeah 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 it's like we're gonna make it we'll we'll get there you know Uh, you know uh, it's 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 uh, a baby face nelson almost purely indicative of it it's but it's the severe severity of it he's either at the top of the world or at the bottom of the heap and there's no in between like right. it's he's either i'm 10 feet tall or i am nothing in life it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just the severity because someone called him baby face yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i mean no yeah. yeah i i i really really like this setting mm-hmm. because i think when there's such a i think this is why war war movies are mm so good is because i think when you have such a broad obvious uh 
external conflict that everyone's exposed to yeah it it directs everything towards more introspective uh like personal conflict yeah like who like like man versus man versus himself yeah yeah like how are you gonna deal with the depression yeah you know storming the beach whatever the case may be uh so i like whenever um i mean the setting is the biggest antagonist absolutely basically absolutely it's the great depression i mean it, it, the you know right whenever they go over to see uh the 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 hogwalt they're at the hogwalt farm he's yeah. like he turned us in for the bounty and he's like got this depression all gotta do for me and mine and it's like and at the time i'm just like eh, it was the great depression it's like can't exactly but it's like he's got to take care of a kid like he slaughtered a horse and put it in stew like of course it's like I, it all makes sense um the only problem i'd have with my with the uh, officials showing up at my barn is burning uh, it down. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, "Well, you can't burn it down. So I just, need that. Just go in and shoot them. It's fine. You don't need to burn the yeah." yeah exactly. I was like, "You can kill them, but man, their first their don't. first impulse is to burn down a barn. They did it later, and they didn't know they were in there. And it's like, let's just burn this thing down." <laughs> okay, Time so are you in T O F F? Are you in an O F T? That's right. Um, so are you in an O F T? Yeah. So uh, I didn't know if you had a. Do you have a favorite non-Man of Constant Sorrow song from this movie that, that pops out specifically? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I would say... Oh, crap. Okay, so so I'm gonna, I'll run down the Where listing of the songs it? real quick. So there's Big Rock Candy Mountain that goes over the credits. Uh, you are my sunshine, obviously. Down by the river to pray, which is the uh, which is the uh, baptism scene. Um, Manicons of sorrow. Um, keep on the sunny side. I'll fly away. Uh, didn't leave nobody but the baby, which is the siren song. Uh, I uh, let's see here. Um, hard time killing floor blues is my favorite. Hard time killing floor blues. Which one is that one? Oh, that's um, that. That's the. Uh, they're that's around the, the camp. That's the one Tommy's singing. And- Yes, yes, Tommy okay. is singing it, and uh, that's a good one. That's one of my favorite scenes. George Clooney's just kind of looking into the campfire, mm-hmm. and it's it it's a very that's mournful, the one where they're talking about him it's being a sorrowful, a and yes, yes, you ain't no, no kind of man without land. Yeah, yeah. I uh, the the sirens of didn't leave nobody but the baby is a close second, but my favorite is Lonesome Valley, which is sang by the uh, Grave Diggers. Uh, at the climax mm. of the movie as they're singing that song and the flood comes in and it's all underwater and they're so good so good i love it yeah that's yeah that's my number one uh you have to go try to get that love note yeah that's the greatest i love it um so so yeah the music in this is good the music in this is so so much incredible so much of it it's it's it it, there's a reason the i i have a feeling the soundtrack might have made more money than the movie um Mm -hmm. it's not a a great movie that's the that's the great thing it was like oh the movie didn't make enough money as it should have um so you're talking about the setting i'm going to geek out for a little bit roger deakins get after it yes sir roger deakins is the cinematographer of this movie roger deakins 
is my favorite cinematographer ever. Um, mm -hmm. Because everything he does, he does unexpectedly. So I'm going to go on a limb and say there's a little bit of green somewhere in the state of Mississippi. This movie has no green in it. It's all right. yellow. It's all yellow. And it's yeah. all everything. It's, it's not dead. It's just yellow. Um, it's, yeah, the lens they shoot through is, it looks hot and uncomfortable. Hot and uncomfortable, much uh, dusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, uh, yeah, a lot of that. Um, I really, everything Roger Deakins does in this movie, just, it's, it's hot, it's uncomfortable, it's yellow, and it is gorgeous. It is so good looking mm -hmm. at some, like, uh, that opening scene when they're running up and down through the grass with the, with the, with the chain gang in the background, them going through swamps. Uh, you know, sometimes I see those swamps. I'm just like, man, I see mosquitoes all over the place. I, that, mm -hmm. that, that's the one that would kill me. And, you know, and it's, it's just all, all of it's beautiful. And yeah, absolutely. Roger Deakins is my guy. And I will always be on the side of Roger <laughs> Deakins leading today to today's poll for a dumbass. Every week I go through a filmography of a filmmaker and put Jake's cinematic knowledge to the test. Today, I am testing you on cinematographer Roger Deakins' Oscar nominations. He has been nominated for 15 Oscars in his career for lensing 15 different movies. He has, it took him his 14th try to win his Oscar. He won his 15th as well. We're going to go through all 15, and Jake is going to tell me whether or not he has seen them. I bet you are, my prediction, you will have nine. I think you'll do a little better than you expect. His first Oscar nomination after a long time collaborations. Um, his first Oscar nomination, 1994. Jake, have you seen The Shawshank Redemption? Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. And, and whenever I think of Roger, Deacon, whenever I think of Roger Deakins that movie, I think of the scene whenever Andy takes takes over the radio. And it has the whole yard looking up at the speaker and it, the camera oh, pans over beautiful. and the, and it stops right here as that speaker is down and it mm. pointing down. It's just, that's what I think of when I think of Deacons in that movie, he does a lot of good, great stuff in that movie, but yeah. yeah. Um, so that was his first Oscar nomination did not win. Um, but he uh, nominated two more years later, Fargo, which obviously he gets another nomination. Yeah. Man, it, he started Gorgeous. a long series with the Cohen brothers. Um, we talked about it a little bit in The Departed. I know you haven't seen it. The Dalai Lama movie Kundun in 1997. Um, there's a reason you haven't seen it. They don't really, uh, the country of China doesn't really want you to see it. So you can't really go get it anywhere. Uh, it's very difficult to find. Um, yeah, I, I haven't that's seen kind it. of been a, kind of been a thing here <laughs> <Kind> lately. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I heard, I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday where they were saying that some um releases in china the ending it just stops and they were like and all the bad guys were arrested by the government yeah exactly and it's, so justice was done so there's a it's the, like so it's a there's a version of uh before the rating system came out there's a thing called the haze code back in the back started in the 30s and ran all the way through the 60s it was essentially a way for Hollywood to police itself, but essentially it was mm -hmm. a huge member, huge censorship, like no premarital sex, no adultery. Uh, bad guys could never get away with it. It was a bunch of stupid rules that really stifled filmmaking. And it's essentially uh -huh. the same thing in other countries. Like 
uh luckily yeah. we've gotten over that but like yeah the bad guy yeah can't get away bad yeah, guys can't win exactly like yeah. you said arrested by the government that's kind of how it was but uh so yeah so kundun was his third nomination his fourth nomination oh brother where art thou um his fifth nomination another coen brothers we talked about it a little bit the man who wasn't there probably one of their underseen films billy bob thornton black and white beautifully shot uh needless to say roger deakins doesn't do anything bad we talked to, i didn't talk about him i didn't geek out about him the last time so i'm geeking about him today he was nominated in 2007 twice for no country for old men exceptional cinematography across the especially the desolation as we talked about Mm-hmm. the other movie from 2007 yeah, his mac his magnum opus of cinematography the best he has ever done and will never do better again the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford i don't know if you've ever yeah. seen that you have uh no i've heard of it <sighs> it's, i've heard nothing but good it's it's uh, it's different i need to than put what that on my to-do list it's not it's not a it's not the movie that everybody kind of goes in thinking it's like jesse james movie it's it's mm. a okay what would a human jesse james actually be like and mm-hmm. what what are the people around him chasing and all it's it's a really great movie maybe brad pitt's best performance um great 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 case to check that one out. it's a great one and it is the most gorgeous movie i've ever seen so he had that back to back in 2007, 2008, the reader, uh, Kate Winslet movie, um, little underseen. She won an Oscar for it, but, um, obviously him doing good again, keeping with the Coens. He cannot go away. I don't blame him. 2010. He did true grit as well. Yeah. Well, so, if it ain't broke, it, why fix it? Exactly. If, <laughs> if the Coen brothers are like, this guy does badass shit for exactly. Us, why would you go? Exactly. Um, he kind of took a turn in uh, 2012, uh, the most beautifully shot Bond movie ever, Skyfall. Mm, I'm not a Bond guy. Not a Bond guy? Okay, I get it. No, I'm mm. not surprised. I mean, um, if you there are some shots in that that are really impressive. Uh, back, to, back to cop movies. I'm not sure if you've seen this one. Prisoners? Hugh Jackman. Oh, wait. Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. Hugh Jackman has his daughter is abducted. Yes. And Jake Gyllenhaal is a policeman. Very good. Very good. Good. So excellent. Yeah, I yeah. I really really like that movie. Really dark, actually. really morose. Uh, yes. But again, beautifully shot. Yep. Um, uh, 2014 Angelina Jolie film Unbroken. Uh, it's about. I mean, uh, she directed it. She was not in it. Yeah, I know. Uh, what uh, it's uh, oh, I thought, who is that about? That's about uh, Louis Zampini, uh, Zamperini, yeah, yeah, um, I, yeah. As far as the cinematography goes, I actually excellent. haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't? No, you have though, yes, but oh. it's it seems like uh, they could have done a lot more with this story. I, I guess I don't, mean. yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like there's a yeah. lot. There's Nothing a, wrong with the cinematography aspect of it, but of the writing and directing aspect, I would say, was lacking. I get it. I get it. Um, not lacking in writing or directing or cinematography. 2015 Sicario. <laughs> That's that, a banger. That is a banger, and it is uh, very well shot. Um, oh yeah, a movie we eventually need to do. 
Sicario is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's there's a there's a lot we can get into with Sicario. Um, okay, so by the I'll, way, I will <laughs> go ahead. Just real quick. Yeah. Speaking of Sicario, this reminds me. Me and a coworker were down at the border two three weeks ago. We had to rent an auger. The closest place we could rent it was in Piedras Negras. Mexico oh really (laughs) and so he was like well we got to go into Mexico to get this yeah and we were in my truck and I was like this is my truck and I'm the one driving it we're not going there for an auger (laughs) yeah just for I was like we're not we're not doing it (laughs) okay the next morning read a news article Mayor of Piedras Negras murdered in the middle of <laughs> in broad daylight in downtown. Oh yeah. So I was like, I well, told you. I mean, you want to talk about it? That that's a movie that paints a negative portrait of the cartel. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, oh, it's a it's a lively place. I'll bet. I have no doubt. It's a lively area. So in 2015, Sicario was his 13th nomination. He had come up empty on 13 previous tries. He finally won in 2017 with Blade Runner 2049. Have you seen Blade? Have you seen Blade Runner 2049 or the original? You haven't seen either. Yeah. So Blade Runner 2020, uh, 2049, excuse me, is a is a great movie. A lot of interesting stuff. Plays a lot of uh, good homage to the original. Um, not surprised you haven't seen it. But he did win his first Oscar. Then he won a final Oscar. Uh, for his last nomination he's probably going to get nominated again for a new movie this year but we'll talk about that uh, another time his last nomination where he won 2019's 1917 he he did the cinematography on that yes he did he deserves (laughs) dude that the entire the entire aspect of the film is really impressive I don't even know how that was done. Yeah. I watched it. I mean, I mean, there's, it's an experience. It's a, there's a lot to it. And we might have to do 1917 at some point. You're not wrong. I mean, just, just that scene of him running across the field is just so the entire film is that level of anxiety and all that kind of like, we will yeah. get to 1917 eventually. It's a really great, and it's a great movie yeah. to rewatch. I don't want to basically redo the uh, go off on talking about Jaws when we're <laughs> to the no, 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 not at all. Because 1917, I can go. On <laughs> you can go, go on for a while. So yep. uh, yeah, so um, I nailed it exactly. Uh, you have seen nine of Roger Deakins's 15 uh, Oscar nominations. Uh, Shawshank, Fargo, Old Brother, No Country, True Grit, Prisoners and Broken, Sicario in 1917. Uh, I, I, have not, I haven't seen Prisoners and I haven't seen Kundun, but besides that, I've seen everything else. Um, I'll, oh, sorry, I haven't seen Prisoners. And I haven't, seen, prisoners. I haven't seen Unbroken. I will say, I will, I'll get to Prisoners eventually. I really like that director. Um, okay, so before we keep going, uh, we, we had talked about, you know, this is obviously based on the Odyssey. Um, mm. There's a lot of cool things, like I had never read the books but my experience with it is just essentially through the countless times it was made in fiction. Like, mm. I, I don't know, like the, th- 
I know certain little things about the Odyssey, like obviously the Cyclops and that kind of stuff. You're much mm-hmm. more familiar with how it associates, right? Well, I get that's probably giving me too much credit. <laughs> But there's a there's a lot to so you you've you kind of made a list of the stuff that kind of the parallels right yeah um well i mean something with some of these movies that i think like okay that's a great movie mm. is that it has staying power mm. yeah okay so it means uh in five years you're not gonna forget about it yeah you're going to rewatch it. Yep. Your kids are going to watch it. You're, yes. I mean, you know, and I will say this, yeah. this movie has staying power. I Absolutely. As, uh, you, so the majority I, I watch, obviously I watch a lot of movies and mm. you would be shocked at the amount of movies I watch that I forgot. I've it's like, Oh yeah, I did watch all of that devoted time wrote about it and i still can't remember anything about it like it's that forgettable so i i understand completely what you mean and you're right this has staying power across the board yeah well and i'll give uh credit to homer Mm. uh because he wrote this in the seventh century bc Mm. so so you know uh, 20 2700 years later i mean that's uh, I would call that staying power. It's a, it's a pretty good. I mean, it's just the just the general idea of the uh, you know a guy goes on a journey that's fraught and to get to it's a ballad about yeah yeah it's, it was a, yeah it's it's a it technically that's the funny thing about it that's technically that's a song really a, it's a song yes yeah that's a good point we yeah, we, we both just we both just connected it right now yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah we just figured it out <laughs> yeah we didn't yep. come into that yeah so go ahead. Yeah, um, and then there's there's a few other interesting things that I noticed mm. on this as compared to um, the Odyssey was uh, so Everett's wife, who mm-hmm. this whole journey is essentially based on. Yes, um, I mean his whole motivation. Her name is Penny Warby. Yeah. Okay. So Penny, uh, played by Holly Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, uh, Odysseus's uh, wife. wife is actually named Penelope. Close, close. I get it. Yeah. Penny. Yeah. Um, and then. Obviously, there's the Cyclops reference. Yes. Um, uh, oh, the uh, the blind man. Yes. That, uh, the, the seer. Initially. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, yeah. He is a farrier. I mean, there's a blind farrier that basically predicts this journey. Um. Interesting. Across a river, uh, yeah, for this dude's uh, journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's a lot of stuff like that. Like, um, I saw that. Uh, I, I'm dis- first. I'm disappointed. I haven't said anything about Papio Daniel yet. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk a little about him in a minute. He's 
he's so great and everything uh, everything that happens in this movie but i mean he's actually based on a texas governor by the way um i don't he, doubt it he's based on texas governor w lee pappy o'daniel um but i mean uh and even his name i believe is menelaus mm-hmm. menelaus pappy o'daniel uh an odyssey character but he's actually not playing that character in this movie mm-hmm. so i mean there's a yeah. lot of stuff like that yeah and 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 while obviously this is based on the Odyssey, there <clears throat> there are stark differences between sure, the, sure. the stories because um, actually in the Odyssey, uh, he tells his men to uh, tie him to the mast of mm. their boat. Yeah, that's right. He knows that he knows the sirens will be their call is so powerful that it'll lure him away. So he gets him, but obviously in this story, Clooney, Clooney's not exactly as he just <laughs> he's like gets drunk with yeah. him and wakes up the next morning and goes, <laughs> yeah, I guess my friend's a frog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that. I mean, you know, and that's, that's where I think all the brilliance of the adaptation is from. It's like, well, mm-hmm. obviously it's like he's human. And he's played by George Clooney, and we've kind of established he's kind of a shit. So why don't we, why don't we just have him get drunk? And he's not the one that's taken in for the reward. And it's like, okay, well, right. And that pushes the story forward. Like, um, it's it's one of those. It's the uh, it's like what what trait do we have to do to make the story go forward? Because if we make it too much mm-hmm. like the thing, is that going to stop the story dead? Right. Yeah. 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 I get it. Yeah. Um, there was. Uh, so a great scene that I wanted to bring up was, uh, the baptism scene. Yes. Uh, they play a song, uh, down by the river, down by the river. Yes. Go yes. down by the river to pray. Yeah. yeah. And they go down there and this is when Delmar and Pete mm-hmm. get saved. Well, I just wanted to bring up a funny point that I thought of. Uh, when I last watched this, me and you actually got baptized together. Correct. Uh, I already know what you're going to say. Yep. And so Ben went in right before me. Mm-hmm. And he's in front of the whole congregation. He gets his dip. I'm, gets se- I'm, se- I'm seven years old, by the way. Yeah. So <laughs> I was, what, nine? You're nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go into this water with the preacher and I get my dip and I'm saved and I get out and they have a little locker room where you can change back in your church clothes. Yep. And Ben told me, Hey, when I was in there, I peed in it. (laughs) So I just want everyone to know me and Ben, uh we're so baptized the, but i got baptized in ben's piss the, basically the, that's the, the father the son and a bad ph balance i mean uh <laughs> there's I'm a sorry. lot of ammonia in the water <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> well i wonder why i don't go to church anymore <laughs> i'm sorry i was a child um well, so explain it to our mom 
So uh, uh, a couple quick notes real quick. Um, we hadn't really talked about Papio Daniel, Charles Durning in this film. He's, mm. he's hilarious. Pretty much everything he says. He says some bitch a lot, which I always really like. Anytime you... Some bitch. I love, I love it. it. Um, so uh, Papio Daniel always reminds, reminds me of being in college. Uh, one of these degrees back here says mass communication. And whenever I was in, I was in college, we would be in some kind of class and just to be a smart ass or something, I would quote the Papio Daniel line. It's like, we ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. And so I would just yell that in the hall sometimes just to, <laughs> just to occasionally lighten things up. So that's what I always thought of. And everything he does is hilarious. And he's, he looks like he weighs 900 pounds. And, <laughs> but at the same time, and, and then his, 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 pants, are his up pants are up here. His son looks bigger somehow. Every line he says is hilarious. What do you, uh, you he calls him a suck of nuts. Uh, um, it's like, thank God your mama died in childbirth. She died of shame. Uh, <laughs> Just everything God, he said is great. great. All right, Jake, I think it's time. All right. Ben, you're in the hot box. Each episode, instead of me staring the conversation, Jake peppers me with a series of questions that I must answer truthfully. Sometimes it's just trivia. Sometimes it involves me peeing in a baptismal. So we'll find out. <laughs> what do you got for me, buddy? All right. So this is going to be a light end round. Okay. 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 Um, so for our listeners, Ben has a very encyclopedic mind. Um, sure. He keeps trivia locked in his head shockingly well. <laughs> uh, he used to be, I don't know if he still is. We're about to find out. He used to know off the top of his head every state capital in the United States. Yeah. Okay. Ben is my brother. So yes. we're going to play a game called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Okay. I like this. I like this. I'm going to name the state and I got to name the capital. Got to find you in the capital. Okay. Okay. And this is gonna go quick. Okay, I'm ready. I'm I, that, that that yeah, because you're gonna try to keep me on my toes. Okay, okay. I, I think I'm ready. I've had I, a lot of practice. You were the geography guy, but I I got the states down. Okay, I am ready. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Okay. <sighs> okay. Ben. Yes. You're in the state capital. Okay. Of every state. Okay. Alabama. Montgomery. Correct. Alaska. Juno. Correct. Arizona. Phoenix. Correct. Arkansas. Little Rock. Correct. California. Sacramento. Correct. Colorado. Denver. Correct. Connecticut. Oh, no. Oh, no. A pass. Come back to that one. And, uh delaware uh dover florida tallahassee correct georgia atlanta correct hawaii honolulu correct idaho boise correct illinois springfield correct indiana indianapolis correct iowa des moines correct Kansas. Crap. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost said about nine other capitals. Um, Bonk. Topeka, Topeka, yes. Topeka. Ah, you got it. <laughs> okay. You pulled it out. Okay. Kentucky. Um, Lexington. Nope. Oh, no. It's uh, Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Correct. Louisiana. Baton Rouge. Correct. The old red stick. That's right. Maine. Uh, Augusta. Correct. Maryland. Uh, oh, no. This is a dumb one. Maryland. Only the U.S. Naval Academy. Oh. Um, Annapolis. Correct. Uh, Massachusetts. Boston. Yep. Michigan. Lansing. Yep. Minnesota. St. Paul. Correct. Mississippi. This is where the movie's set. Literally where the movie's set. It's... (sighs) I can't get Alabama out of my head. Uh, It's... um, um, Oh, it's two words. Nope. Oh. I, don't, I don't have it. Missouri. Uh, uh, Carson City. Nope. Uh, 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 Carson City. It's. Car- what's what the hell's Carson City? Um. <laughs> That's a state capital. I know. Now I'm mad. Now it, it just ain't the one from Missouri. Okay. Uh, okay. Bonk. Yeah. Moving yeah. on. Yep. Montana. Uh, Helena. Nebraska. Carson City. <laughs> um, no, it's a, uh, uh, it's a, uh, uh, named after a U.S. president. Lincoln. Sorry. Yep. Nevada. Carson City. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Yeah, there it was. New Hampshire. Um, Concord. Correct. New Jersey. Uh, uh, Trenton. Correct. New Mexico. Santa Fe. Correct. New York. Albany. Correct. North Carolina. Raleigh. Correct. North Dakota. Oh, brother, where are thou? Uh, hold on. North Dakota. Bismarck. Correct. Ooh. Ohio. Um, uh, Columbus. Columbus. Correct. Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. Tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon. Uh, Salem. Correct. Pennsylvania. Harrisburg. Correct. Rhode Island. Providence. Correct. South Carolina. Columbia. Correct. South Dakota. Pierre. Correct. Tennessee. Uh, Nashville. Correct. All right. Let's go back. Which ones did you not get? Oh, we're not done yet. That's all the states I got. Tennessee? Well, Wyoming. I guess I don't have that. Cheyenne? Why Cheyenne? <laughs> all right. Uh, Washington is Olympia. Yeah. 
Olympia is Washington. And I guess I just quit looking. <laughs> just after Tennessee, you're done. <laughs> okay. Get to uh, the T's. Missouri. Um, Call it. Jefferson City. I'm sorry, Missouri? Jefferson City. Correct. Okay. Okay. So. Both the other. Um, oh, no. Oh. Uh, it was Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Um, Mississippi. Uh, it's. Uh, Oh no. Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. I want to look it up so badly. I have, comp- I have the World Wide web at my fingers. Um, who's the king of pop? Michael Jack- Jackson, Ms. Jackson, 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 Mississippi. We're well, going I'll to Jackson. Cause I even <laughs> left out states. <laughs> Oh, well, that's good enough. Yeah. Oh, and by, the uh, by the way, Austin, Texas. Fuck, I forgot my own state. <laughs> West Virginia. What's West Virginia? Um, uh, I didn't do a good job. <laughs> that's fine. I didn't do my research. I didn't count. Uh, that was worth God it. Goddamn Wikipedia. <laughs> That's what you blame it on. Who edited it? Who edited out the W's? Um, all right, Jake. So we're about done. What's your, uh, so what's your, so I'll share my film rating real quick. So my, from the year 2000, this is my second favorite movie. Um, I have this 4.5 out of five. It's almost perfect in my mind. Um, mm. The only movie I have better than that is Requiem for a Dream. It's a movie I never want, I've watched twice and I don't think I ever want to watch again. It's such a rough movie, but it's almost, it's pretty much technically perfect. I love this. I can rewatch this movie more, but it's my number two movie oh. of 2000. Oh, yeah. Uh, so poor 4.5 out of five. You're, uh, what about you? You know, usually I'm a love it or leave it guy. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I either hate it or I like it. Mm-hmm. I usually don't really rate them. Yeah, yeah. Rank numbers them. or anything. Like that. Yeah. Top five. Really? Easy. Really? I didn't realize yeah. it was that high. Yeah, I it's. I love it. I, I love I, it so much. I love, I love it too. It, 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 and, and you know what? Like neither of our wives like this movie, and no. it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like I don't care if they yeah. hate it. It's per, like <laughs> I agree. I love it so They're much. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> he said it, honey. I know you watch every Monday morning. I didn't say it. <laughs> that just about does it for us. Um, before we go, just a little, uh, a little, uh, update on programming. We have finally gotten our crap together after 10 episodes and have a more streamlined list of actually our plans of what we're doing. Uh, so next week we are doing our first foreign film, um, from, uh, Denmark. We are doing another round, the Oscar winner for best, uh, original, uh, best, uh, foreign language film from 2020. Um, it is available on Hulu if you want to get a head start on it. So please go check that out. We will watch that and uh, talk about that a bunch next week. And then uh, and we got ever seen it, so and, it'll yeah. be a, it'll be a new one yep. for me. And then we have a lot of fun things coming for you in the month of October. We have five weeks in the month, five episodes in the month of October. We're all going to do uh, scary horror stuff. So it's going to be a lot of fun yeah. uh, coming up. So uh, and please. I even think we have our pretty much our Christmas lineup. Pretty much. I mean, we're gonna, about, so. yeah, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, we have a lot of cool stuff it's going through. Be fun. A lot of stuff. Uh, maybe even uh, throw in um, something 
random and fun uh, as we go along as well. That just oh, about does it for this episode of the Film Critic and the Common Man. Thank you so very much for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at NebisBen at Letterbox on ne- at Neb810 on Instagram at Ben Miller Movies. Check out my website, icecreamforfreaks.com. Uh, you can follow my other writing on the film experience and cinema scholars had a really nice uh, piece on the film experience about uh, this podcast, actually. Um, please yeah, go check that check out. That out. Uh, really uh, talking about what I've learned uh, for this, you know, the first nine now 10 episodes. Um, also writing on cinema scholars hey, as well. On, we're in double digits, dude. Double digits, baby. We lasted. Woo! We straight, made it. 10 episodes in 10 straight weeks. Hey, I'm proud we've of got a copyright strike and we made 10 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Now I know how Joe Rogan feels. (laughs) You can also find me on other pods on the David Thulissa podcasting. Jake, where can the people find you? Uh, There is actually a place in Tishmunga. Uh, (laughs) A man will pay you $10 to speak into his can. You should be able to get get a hold of me through there. I'm not telling your story. It actually goes right into here. So go to Tishmunga. (laughs) Pay a blind dude 10 bucks. <laughs> you got me. Friend, I ain't telling stories, but somebody will pay you $10. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Critic Common Pod. And please like, subscribe, rate, and review. Available wherever you get your podcast, uh, Good Pods, Podvine, uh, Apple Podcast, all that stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. We will catch you next week when we talk about another round. Thank you all very much. We'll see you all later. Thank you, everyone. Sick!